Finances and Making Financial Choices, Mind Over Money with Kathy Pfefferhahn. Finances and, in conjunction with my company, Capital Coaching, helps people achieve their financial goals through personal, tailored, and attentive financial coaching services. Together, we'll create a successful financial plan by examining your spending and saving habits, then guiding and educating you to your own personal success. Coaching services include evaluation of your spending plan, building your savings, financing your retirement, examining your insurance needs, and planning for your individual goals. Please contact me at capitalcoaching.net to make an appointment for a free consultation. I've been reading Brad and Ted Klontz's book called Mind Over Money, and the topic of information, financial information, comes up often. Like last week when I pointed out that just getting started with a spending plan is a big step, one that can't be ignored. Otherwise, no one would begin their financial planning. They begin this section of their book by sharing many financial truisms. Save now, invest for the future, spend reasonably, enjoy life, but spend less than you make, and beware of investments that look too good to be true, as well as looking at how money is a stressor in our lives. In 2022, finances, COVID, and the invasion of the Ukraine are the top three stressors, according to a poll done by the American Psychological Association. Finances include gas prices, energy, and grocery costs caused by inflation, along with generally feeling emotionally overwhelmed and fatigued. Abraham Maslow created his famous hierarchy of needs. His motivational theory states that our lower psychological needs must first be satisfied before, as individuals, we attend to move up that hierarchy. He imagines this as a pyramid. At its base, the physiological needs must be met. Air, water, food, sleep, shelter, appropriate clothing, and reproduction. Without these needs being met, nothing else matters because our body can't operate proficiently without them. The next level is safety, order, predictability, and control. Society and the family unit can fulfill these with financial and emotional security, along with law and order. Here, our social stability and well-being are met. The next level is love and belonging. This comes from emotional support and interpersonal relationships. Friends, intimacy, trust, affection, and acceptance are all found at this level. The next level is where your need for esteem is met. Self-worth, accomplishment, and respect are all achieved after all the other needs are. Here, he puts esteem into two categories, esteem for self to include achievement, mastery, individualism, and dignity, and the desire for reputation and status and the respect of others. The final part of the pyramid is self-actualization. Here, you can focus on your own potential, self-fulfillment, and personal growth. This top of the pyramid includes artistic and creative focus. You can imagine that, even as a society, we won't worry about creating a masterpiece if we're hungry or feeling unloved. The book shares additional research done in 1982 by Dr. Joe Griffin and Dr. Ivan Tyrell, where they identify that money is one of the only things that touches every level of our needs, because money can impact achieving those goals and allow you to be successful in moving on to the next. Money does improve your basic needs being met. In fact, Americans who earn $50,000 a year are much happier than those who earn $10,000 a year. But those who earn $5 million are not much happier than those who earn $500,000 a year, according to Daniel Gilbert in his book, Stumbling into Happiness. The evidence here shows that money is less important than maintaining strong personal relationships and feeling accomplished at your job. This fact was really brought home to me in Malcolm Gladwell's book, David and Goliath. He tells of immigrant families that need their kids to be part of the money-making process to survive. Those kids become scrappy, hardworking people, 
And then as they grow up and make more money than their parents, they're able to provide more for their children. The problem is that those kids don't get the same life lessons that create adults who make better financial choices. And the ultra-rich who give their kids everything rob them of any financial reality where they can understand the value of money and the work that it takes to earn it. Those who work for their money can understand it better and make more reasonable financial choices. So how do you minimize the financial stressors in your life? According to the APA, it says to minimize stress associated with holidays, buying gifts, traveling, and entertaining can all wreak havoc on your holiday enjoyments. They recommend making one financial decision at a time, not trying to plan it all out at once, otherwise you can feel overwhelmed. You can also ease your stress by tracking your spending. By planning and following these plans, you can take joy in meeting your goals and following your plan. Let's face it, we love to make a list and be able to check it off. This is the same thing. Making your plan, committing to it, and reviewing it regularly can help. Anyone who has trouble paying bills should call your bank, utilities, or credit card to make a payment plan so that you can responsibly make payments, but the lender will know that you're still working on it. The next step, though, means that you avoid shopping. You can avoid temptation by leaving debit and credit cards at home. Any purchases can be managed by having only cash on hand that you have a plan for spending. Luckily, family and friends are what matter most, and they can be the reason that you achieve your financial goals. Ask for support from those you trust and maybe find that they have the same need for financial support from you. Being accountable to another is a terrific way to achieve your dreams. This week, I was told by someone, I'm no good at all this financial stuff, and that's why I listened to your podcast. But the reality is, small steps, like listening here, shows that you're making good choices no matter how small and that you will be financially competent and successful. Like most things in our adult life, you don't learn about something that you don't need until you need it. Feeling like you should know but you don't know isn't helpful. Take the time to learn about what affects you now, and you'll be ready for any financial situation. But you have to discover what informs your money issues. It's not uncommon for people to let their anxiety, shame, or fear knock them off course in any circumstance. To repair those feelings, things like food, nicotine, or alcohol can be used to make us feel better. But so can shopping, working, hoarding, or cleaning. These are used to soothe ourselves or balance what we feel out of balance in. Sadly, the more our stress increases, the more we may resort to these behaviors. But as the effects of the choices we have chosen diminish, or the guilt from having escaped them using these behaviors comes up, we return to the behaviors for relief. Now imagine that knowing your spending plan needs attention, or you worry about having enough money to retire, and the behavior you use to escape is spending more. That's a true disaster. By identifying your triggers, you can escape what causes you trouble and avoid more of these destructive behaviors. We all have triggers and struggle with avoiding bad choices. Those who can identify what causes overspending can steel themselves against falling back into old patterns and poor financial choices. It's going to happen. Something will pop up and want to knock you out of your orbit. But be aware of what they are and help yourself stay on course. The Klontzes discuss how the emotional and rational parts of your brain work together and sometimes against each other. But understanding that our financial struggle is not a measure of weakness or failure, that it's normal. The key is that you can change by acknowledging there's a problem. However, like improving your diet or exercise plan, it takes time and hard work. Following their advice, you should make a list of three things that you know that you need to do or have been told that you should do financially. Feel free to pause here and start that list if you'd like. Paul McLean developed a theory that our brains are controlled by three different areas. 
a reptilian brain, which controls reflexes, balance, breathing, heartbeat, and collecting thoughts and feelings. This part is great at helping us survive, but not planning. Our limbic brain manages our emotions and thoughts. It helps manage our long-term memories and the fight-or-flight reflexes. And this part is where we develop relationships. And the final part, the neocortex, is what makes you, you. Your hopes, dreams, goals, and thoughts all happen here. You evaluate the pros and cons of options with this part and organize and control from here. These three parts can work against each other, and that makes sense. Want proof? We know better, and we still make poor financial choices when under pressure. Something happens to us in our animal brain when it perceives that there's a threat, and our rational brain gets shut out, leaving important decisions to the oldest part of our brain. When given a dangerous situation, our animal brain chooses to fight the danger, run from it, or just give up. This is the fight, flight, or flop response. Think back to a scare that you've had. I mean, like someone jumping out at you. How did you react? Fists up? Running away? Or did you just stand there immobile? The reality is that we don't choose our response here. It's baked into who we are and we just react. Logic is not being evaluated, just emotion. But it does say something about our financial choices based on our financial stressors that we might feel. Those who fight might react to a financial threat by calling his financial planner and venting or threatening them. If you usually respond with flight, you might want to be far away from danger. They react with pulling out their money and moving it instead of riding it out for the downturn. The last reaction, the flop or freeze, is when you feel so overwhelmed that your reaction is to take no action at all, ignoring advice from trusted advisors and not acting to avoid financial crisis. The Klontzes offer advice for each of these. One, recognize when you're emotionally charged, afraid, or excited, and that you're likely to be irrational when this happens. Delay any big decisions when you feel like this. Number two, take deep breaths. It's been proven that taking slower, short, shallow breaths can help you relax. Mantras like take it easy actively provide comfort and prevents the shutdown from happening. Evaluate what you believe to be accurate. Use evidence to support what you're thinking, not emotion. You might want to flip the switch and think what advice would you give if a loved one had come to you in this same situation. And number four, finally, don't make rash decisions. Put some time between you and your emotional reactions. Consider financial advice before any big decisions with your money. Our animal brains don't always know if a threat is major or minor. And we do tend to overreact. Traffic, an argument, or overdraft fee can trigger a response that's bigger than it should be. Luckily, our emotional brain can be trained to react in a more appropriate manner. They say that, in fact, sustained financial health is dependent on our ability to do so. This takes time, and almost no one is immune to these stressors. However you practice handling them will make a positive change in your financial and personal life. The exercise of going back to a financial situation that ended badly, where you spent too much, for example, you can look back at how were you feeling when you went out to buy or got online to shop? What was the impulse purchase? Why was there an impulse purchase? How did you end up looking at these items to begin with? Be thoughtful and really think about all that happened, even if going over it is painful to recall. That analysis will help you avoid being in the same situation again with practice. Even financial planners need to face bad choices to avoid them in the future. Don't rely on shame or criticism. Analyze and mentally practice the outcome that you want the next time you're in a similar situation. 
Consider this your perfect comeback to a past argument that you had with someone and keep it at the ready for the next time that you want to react financially. This is Kathy Pfefferhahn. Thanks for listening to Finances and Making Financial Choices Mind Over Money. I know you chose to listen and I am ever grateful. If you enjoyed this episode, please follow or subscribe for free in your podcast provider and then share your favorite episode with a friend. I'd love you to leave a review because it brings financial education to others and helps people find me more easily. Also, be sure and let me know what questions you'd like answered or topics you'd like covered by going to the website at financesand.net and leaving a message. You can also contact Capital Coaching for your personal financial needs at capitalcoaching.net. Finances and does not provide tax or legal advice, and nothing in this podcast is to be construed as such. Always consult a tax, accounting, or legal professional for advice on your specific situation. Remember, I went to school, so you don't have to.